Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Today, we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest is an associate professor of pharmacy practice and the director of graduate studies in healthcare informatics at Lipscomb University, Elizabeth Breeden. Beth received her pharmacy degree from Samford University and has really been a pioneer in the informatics space, successfully securing the first partnership among schools of pharmacy across the country to work with IBM Watson. Beth, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Hey, Hillary, thanks so much. And it is a pleasure to be here. I'm delighted to join the podcast and uh, excited to have a few moments with you and your audience today. Thank you. Well, now that we have uh, our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can tell us just a bit about your personal life. Sure, I'll be happy to. Um, so pharmacy uh, is is uh, something that's been in my family for a few generations, and I've sort of hailed from the small corner drugstore, grew up with my, my uh, grandparents and my aunt and uncle having that corner drugstore with a soda fountain, so sort of the idyllic background, if you will, as far as as being around pharmacy and graduated from UT Knoxville with, with a degree in biology and then got uh, completed a master's uh, as well. And I, I went a bit into the into sort of the clinical research role for a couple of years before going to pharmacy school. So uh, I thought pharmacy was going to be it, but I thought I still want to test the waters on a bit of this clinical research. So so moved into pharmacy and I have had the great opportunity, as you mentioned, to graduate from Samford and uh, a faith-based college of pharmacy. So I thoroughly enjoyed my time there and, and have moved to the position now uh, through um, hospital pharmacy and as well working for a vendor that created electronic medical records uh, to the position that I hold now in uh, a college of pharmacy and another faith-based college of pharmacy, which is great in Lipscomb University. So we're in Nashville, Tennessee, and have a college of pharmacy that um, that is quite involved in all things informatics. Very excited again to kind of start in a college of pharmacy and get the chance to uh, be in one of these roles now as an associate professor. Absolutely. And Beth, congratulations on your recent partnership with a startup to explore blockchain usage in healthcare. You already mentioned the IBM Watson, you're kind of leading the forefront in, in all things uh, that are informatics. So you've really had a knack for some of these firsts in the pharmacy informatics space. Can you tell us a bit more about how this partnership d- developed and kind of a bit more about the details with that and what blockchain is for some of us who don't know exactly what blockchain uh, might be? Very good. Very good. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, those kind words. And you know, it's really easy to talk uh, about because I, I took a back seat to that role. Dr. Kevin Clawson here um, at Lipscomb is quite involved in the digital health and uh, consumer health space and, um, and has introduced um, our college to blockchain uh, and what's involved in that role. And it really headed and led the effort to our collaboration with Hashed Health, which is a blockchain consortium and organization here in Nashville. So, 
Blockchain is um, is a term that's that's relatively new. It's really in its infancy, but it's probably most recognized and associated with the Bitcoin, electronic or digital currency. Um, and it's really blockchain is really more than just the Bitcoin. Blockchain is really the platform on which um, on which all of these uh, bits of functionality are resting. And and in essence, to long story short, it's it's a distributed ledger if you will, of transactions that are shared between trusted entities on a node or in, in a connection of, uh, of nodes as well. So, so you really think of the opportunity, again, with Bitcoin, because that's where blockchain uh, developed. And the idea behind Bitcoin was more how two entities could exchange currency without having to have a trusted third party like a bank or something like that involved uh, with the transaction. And so, again, it's a distributed ledger. So if, if you've got um, the transaction that's occurring between person A and person B, then all of that is recorded in the blockchain. And it, it's uh, something that can't be changed. It's um, something that can't be tinkered with, as, as it were, to the point that, that somebody could go back and alter a transaction. So there's a there's a significant safety aspect that's there. The ability to store uh, information. I mean, that's where a lot of these startups are coming out of now, relative to blockchain and the ability to store in, uh, information, like particularly health information and patient information, and really give that patient ownership of their data is quite attractive uh, as an opportunity. Other really nice opportunities that are being reviewed now include the supply chain. So how we train, you know, how we transmit pharmaceuticals from a manufacturer all the way to the patient, and how you're able to follow everything in that supply chain exactly where it's been to ensure that that um, you know that that's uh, that's the accurate medication. There's not anything that's that's been interfered with in that process of of transport uh, along those different wholesalers and pharmacies and finally, as it's gotten to the patient. That's just a bit of a simplistic overview for, uh, for what blockchain is and I think what the future potential is, um, particularly in Nashville uh, and in healthcare in general. So Dr. Clawson led that uh, effort to partner with Hashed Health, so we are in an official um, uh, collaboration uh, position with them to the point that we're going to have opportunities to participate in an international meeting here called Distributed Health. And, um, and also uh, have students who have already done some basic research and conducted, conducted that research with, with blockchain. We've got a master's in informatics program, and we've got a couple of students who are working on blockchain efforts in their capstone project. So it's very exciting um, to be at the ground level of not only an organization that's in this space, but also just the sector itself, just in blockchain, because there's it's in its infancy, but I think there's significant opportunities for it to alleviate a lot of the inefficiencies that we're seeing in healthcare today around data, you know, security, data interoperability, you know, just also basically the patient engagement and those patients you know, having ownership of that data that isn't, you know, that is entirely theirs. So we're very, very enthusiastic about this opportunity and and we feel like that it's going to further develop um, just as blockchain itself matures um, and the work around blockchain internationally as well as in, in Nashville in this area. Sure, absolutely. I think that the first time I heard about blockchain, uh, I have to 
Thank you for that, because uh, we were both attending uh, HIMSS conference here in Nashville, and the keynote speaker was a panel focused on blockchain, and you know I had no idea what that was, and you said, you better stick around for this session. It's going to be really interesting, and that was great to get to kind of hear a little bit about blockchain as it was just really getting started last September, and, and that's great that you've been able to work with Nashville's really known for the healthcare kind of startup area and uh, working with a great partner in Hashed Health. We're excited to see some of those initiatives and projects that you'll be working on together. I think, I mean, it's exciting. It really is. And I do remember that day exactly. It was so exciting to see you there and, and to be able to, um, to learn about this, and I think for us as well, just to do some due diligence around this uh, around this sector and and see what's available and watch it mature a little bit more. I mean, clearly, you know, there there's not a lot of regulatory um, positioning around this currently, so it's exciting to see different states that have adopted um, different regulations and things relative to blockchain. It's really nice to see the startups and just how exciting that is. You know. Cryptocurrency aside, I mean, again, you know, most people are associated with uh, associating this with Bitcoin, and and I think there've been some, uh, you know, some negative aspects of that, and and clearly we wanted to do our due diligence to see where where this technology itself and this platform was moving, and you know, and you have um, organizations, startup organizations now. I mean, there are a few that that are out there. Patient Tory is one that your audience may be interested to look at to, you know, where patients' information would be on the blockchain and they could then share that with different providers. I know that's something we all face uh, in, in not having complete interoperability. So you go from one provider to the next and, and that information uh, does not follow you. Sometimes those providers don't always have that, particularly in pharmacies as our pharmacists are, are helping care for our families and ourselves that, you know, to have that full picture of a patient's health care across all the, the levels of care and across all the areas of care is going to be significant. It's exciting to think that blockchain may have, have an impact um, there as well, too. So a couple of other startups that are out there, one is another is called HealthCoin, which is, which is quite interesting to offer you tokens um, to, to compensate you for things that you're doing to help prevent uh, the onset of diabetes, for instance. So if you you know, if you um, have a propensity, genetic or otherwise, toward that disease, uh, you're doing healthy things. You're and you're able to submit that information, and then they obviously will look at a token type thing to compensate you to offer you these tokens as you're doing um, these activities and these these lifestyle changes that help prevent you from de- uh, developing diabetes. So, um, and then as I mentioned, you know, several states are looking at the the regulatory aspect around blockchain as well, too. So that, coupled with the work in Nashville, coupled with the, the major organizations uh, from IBM, we mentioned IBM Watson earlier and, and our work with Watson, um, and IBM has a full um, full entity associated with work in blockchain. Uh, really great resources on their website as well uh, around this. And the FDA is working with IBM Watson um, on blockchain initiatives as well. So, you're really starting to see more and more energy, uh, more and more activity in this space to the point that it really looks like that that we're seeing some nice proofs of concept that have come out of it. Clearly, I don't believe it's going to be the answer to everything, and there'll probably be some bumps in the road. 
but it's looking quite promising at this point. So that's that's the excitement that we're generating in our students um, here at Lipscomb and then their opportunities to develop these competencies and skills while they're in school so that you know, that they can make those contributions immediately to, to entities as they graduate and look for employment after. Well, you have me excited about blockchain, and I think that you did a great job of breaking down kind of uh, how blockchain works and some of the potential uses in the healthcare space, in particular uh, with a focus in pharmacy. So that was incredibly helpful and and can't wait to see the work that you all are going to be doing. So Beth, you're currently uh, an associate professor role with Lipscomb. Could you tell us a little bit more about your current role and maybe what are some of the skills that you have that have really lent itself well to your role as a professor with Lipscomb and and maybe with kind of developing some of these uh, unique partnership opportunities for students there? Sure, I'd be happy to to share a little bit of information. Again, I think I've just... You know, I think the Lord has blessed a lot of doors that I've been able to walk through. So first and foremost, that's that's um, you know that we're a faith-based college of pharmacy. So that's clearly uh, I think has had a huge impact in the successes that I've that I've seen and that we've been able to see here as well. You know, we really uh, we do like to be aware of of what is currently underway, and I think being in Nashville has been uh, a huge assistance to that. We're geographically blessed. Here with over 400 startup or 400 companies here in Nashville, including startups um, that are healthcare related and call Nashville home. So there's a tremendous amount of energy, and and we've you know obviously Nashville's referred to as the the it city for healthcare. So there's a lot of natural and organic growth that is just you know just at our doorstep from that per, uh, from that perspective. Um, that's that's benefited. We think, obviously, you know, looking at uh, in colleges of pharmacy, some of the the aspects uh, around accreditation and, and looking through organizations such as AACP that and ACPE that accredit colleges of pharmacy. You know, we've we've been uh, fortunate enough to be at the table to help as some of those um, some of those informatics type elements and requirements and competencies have been defined. It gives us a chance to give back as well, you know, to, to work on these work groups and organizations that, that are helping define the regulations. So I would think, you know, service is a huge um, aspect of, of something that is, um, is notable and something that's a great opportunity for your audience to consider. So, you know, service in the organizations, you know, whether it's with ASHP or APHA or AACP, any of those pharmacy organizations, you know, there's several. So being able to give back through your work in those organizations, um, that also puts you at the table when some of these discussions are happening, you know, and occurring. I, I remember um, approaching the meeting, the ASHP mid-year meeting that's every December and having a chance to talk with Carl Gumper, uh, and, you know, back in 05 about this. They had just started the pharmacy informatics uh, work group and and I said, you know, I'm very excited about the opportunities, and uh, I'm not sure what all I can contribute at this point, but I'm available. And so I think making yourself available is, is definitely something to keep in mind and something that, um, you know, be willing to, to maybe stretch yourself a bit. Um, you know, don't, don't wait until you feel like you have everything fixed and tied in a nice little package before you can say, okay, now I'm ready to come and contribute. Really be a part of that as you're learning yourself. 
because just an openness to uh, to explore new things, you know, particularly in pharmacy, new new ways of, of caring for our patients, new ways of achieving the health outcomes that we want to see, you know, has, has really led me down the path to where I've uh, arrived in uh, in informatics. And, um, you know, those work groups that you work on, you get to make great networking and, and learning what, what folks are doing in other areas as well, too. So I think, you know, service, uh, looking at making yourself available, be fle- being flexible are some really great skill sets to have. I think Leadership, obviously, project management, you know, change management, being able to to be flexible around um, the requirements that are out there. We know, uh, obviously, through the Healthcare Act of 2009, that that electronic medical records and all of our um, meaningful use came through ARA and and some of the laws that were defined around getting technologies in hospitals and healthcare organizations and such. You know, I was fortunate enough to be in a in a role. Um, with a company that created electronic medical records. And so we were quite involved in the regulatory aspect there and learning about these electronic medical records and then figuring out how, you know, this applied to pharmacy and how it applied to patient care and working with our patients. You know, I think others will look and say, well, great, that was a great opportunity at that point in time, but I'm a student now, you know, what's available for me now where I'm a new graduate and so, excitingly enough, you know, um, informatics is certainly a fluid environment, so it's always changing. New technologies are being developed. We encourage our students to look at areas that they're interested in, um, and we really are deliberate about making uh, opportunities available for them, whether that's in the digital health space, the consumer health space. I mean, a lot of pharmacy students um, that you see currently are are looking with an eye toward community pharmacy and the ambulatory care. Then you have a nice subset of students that are also then interested in in, um, hospital and in clinical care across all those aspects. So with wearable technologies now, we're really seeing, you know, just a huge advent of opportunities around um, wearable technologies. Uh, Pretty much your your audience, I'm sure, is is familiar with, with the Fitbits and the different types of devices that can the Apple Watches and so forth that can measure blood pressure or your steps or your activity level and things like that, your sleep patterns. It's exciting to see sort of this new advent and this new onset of, of patient care that can be coming from that from that space. 99% of the, of the care of a patient occurs outside of a provider's office or outside of a pharmacy. So how exciting to have, you know, an opportunity to look at ways that we can, would this data in. I mean, that was really some of the initial talks that we had with IBM around Watson Analytics and that platform because you've got to have some, you know, form of cognitive computing and artificial intelligence that's going to be able to to receive all of this data. I mean, consider you're in a community pharmacy and you've got a hundred patients that you're caring for and they're all wearing wearable technologies. How are you going to process that data, that amount of data that's coming in so that you can uh, determine through the de- development of an algorithm which patients are doing well, which patients maybe are not doing well, and maybe would be uh, nearing, uh, you know, achieving areas and, and lab readings and different things that would be outside of a normal limit. Those are patients you want to work at, work with, and how can you send information back to them and work with them in real time so that they can adjust what they're doing at that, that at that moment or in in that day to help turn that around and go go back toward a more healthy outcome. 
So that's sort of where we are now. You know, the, the future is now. And so making yourself available to those opportunities and thinking about how all of that workflow works together, how the technology can be utilized uh, with patients and not only to care for our patients that already have um, chronic illnesses, but for those patients that are just saying, I want to be the best and the most well version of myself that I can to prevent these these um, these things, you know, downstream from developing. So the genomic information that patients have access to right now that, you know, that you can determine, you know, if this medicine is going to be appropriate for that patient based on their genetic profile. So all of that is really stirring, um, stirring in the consumer health informatics space right now and digital health space that, that we make our students available to. So exciting new opportunities that are available now that I know when you and I were in pharmacy school were not yet available. So things that, that, that students and that those are interested can really look, really look at as, as uh, skill sets and competencies and then opportunities for growth. Definitely a lot of uh, things that you mentioned, pharmacogenomics, blockchain we've talked about, and many of the others. How do you manage to stay current with what's going on in healthcare and more specifically within the pharmacy field? Well, you know, I think um, that's that's the big challenge. You know, there's so many papers and articles and, and clinical material that, that's updated and presented that you really just have to... Um, have to determine how, um, you know, how best to accomplish that. So that's a great question and one that I, you know, that I, I struggle with uh, because there's just so much great information and, and you have to have balance, you know. You can't just stay on a mobile device 24-7. You know, we've got to have time away and, uh, and balance uh, with that. But I think there are great numbers of opportunities that you can, um, can look at. Some of the exciting organizations that, that – um, that we work with and that that I that I enjoy being a member of um, provide a lot of those opportunities for for professional development growth uh, updates on new things that are that are out there. So just you know in the informatics space per, per se, obviously ASHP is a a great one. APHA um, in the space of Academia Pharmacy that we've mentioned uh, AACP and ACPE. Um, when you look at opportunities with you know the major um, organizations such as uh, JAMIA articles and things like that. So those are great, you know, top-level places to be looking. Obviously, things like, you know, Medscape, New England Journal of Medicine, you know, those types of places. So so be aware of the, of the, of the um, scientific articles that are being produced. I think there's opportunities as well through uh, even areas such as social media. Um, when you look at a Twitter account and you look at opportunities to to follow some of these organizations, follow some of these leaders. Um, you know, you follow a hashed health on Twitter and you're going to start seeing, you know, the, the aspects of, of blockchain and the things that they're showing and following the regulatory aspect. I mean, again, many of the, um, you know, of the um, HHS and, and uh, Department of Health and different organizations at the, both the national and the state and local State of Tennessee, you know, has great resources on health information exchange on their website. So you can really look at several different organizations, member organizations, as well as as both your international, national, state, and local. Um, networking is obviously a great way to do that. You know, you follow colleagues via social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, and platforms that 
you know, that'll show you papers and show you different articles of interest. And so it's very easy to follow um, and see what they're seeing that is interesting as well, too. So so I think those are just a few of the ways that um, that we utilize and, and uh, have an opportunity to keep abreast of things. But, you know, in this space, again, as I mentioned, it's, it's certainly a very fluid environment. So you know, you can, uh, you know, you can see changes almost daily in this area. So, and that makes it, makes it exciting because, you know, no two days are the same. So you certainly don't get bored. It is certainly <laughs> exciting to keep up with all of the new technologies and uh, in, in the digital health space that are coming along. So those are great tips on where other pharmacists might be able to go to uh keep up to date on on what they need to know. So Beth is kind of our our final question. You've had so many successful uh, ventures and, and made such a big impact in the pharmacy space uh, throughout your career so far. Could you maybe share a little bit about uh, maybe some lessons learned and, you know, maybe some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? Oh, sure. That's a great question. Really great question. Um, I think just off the cuff, some things that I'm thinking of as I look back on my career is to to maintain that excitement uh, that you had when you were in pharmacy school and just a, a brand new graduate. And again, it's easy for me to do that. You know, there's always great energy um, on a college campus. I've just always been attracted to learning. And one of those pharmacists that was excited about continuing education and and always excited about the opportunity to learn. So that was a natural uh, thing for me that made it easy and to maintain that excitement. But again, be involved in your member organizations, again, whether it's at the state level, like with us in Tennessee Pharmacy Association or national and international level, um, you know, participating in, in events such as this, you know, with podcasts to share with others. I think share that excitement and, and, and stay, you know, connected to that because that has a lot to do with just loving what you do every day. And I really enjoy this aspect of, of pharmacy. It's something, again, as I mentioned from pharmacy school, that was just not available. So doing that, um, be available to volunteer. Just volunteer. Don't feel like you have to, to get to a certain level to even be part of these work groups, um, to be part of organizations uh, that or working with students, you know, to help to let students shadow you to see see kind of what you do on a daily basis. So that's exciting. You know, those are things to keep in mind. I think again, just being open to new opportunities, just thinking, what if? You know, what what could we do with with new technologies that could you know that could help patient care, that help us help us achieve those outcomes that we want to see and and gain efficiencies in patient care. Startup organizations, you know, that's very exciting as well, too. The entrepreneurial element, um, you know, could you contribute to an organization or do you have an idea around, um, you know, around a new type of technology or something that could assist in patient care? So, you know, all of those, uh, you look at these these well-developed and advanced and mature organizations, they all had to start somewhere with a thought, with a need, you know, what about a workflow that you're working in every day that could um, that could be tweaked or that could be enhanced? So follow that. Follow those thoughts. I think there's a lot of uh, seeds of greatness inside all of us. And so really utilize those opportunities. This is your turn and this is your opportunity and this is your chance. So reach out and, and, and maximize it and make the most uh, 
that you can with it. Well, thank you so much, Beth. That was some great knowledge to share for others out there who are wanting to get more information about pharmacy informatics and and get some some tips uh, on skills and opportunities and things that are that they can be a part of. And we will all be kind of looking to you all over at Lipscomb University and and are excited to see uh, some of the things that that you'll be doing in the future. It's it's an exciting time for healthcare and an exciting time for pharmacy. And thanks for sharing some more about the informatics space. Great to have you. It's been exciting. Thank you very much, Hillary, for the opportunity and congratulations on these podcasts. I know they're going to they're going to uh, make several contributions for uh, for your audience and. It's exciting to see what you're doing, and, and it's particularly with the Dispensary of Hope and the wonderful uh, work that you all do on a daily basis. So we've we've been delighted to have a few moments to spend with you, and congratulations. Look forward to great podcasts to come as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.